Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 318 for October 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On this week's show, the last two undefeated teams in the NFL experienced the bitter taste of defeat. The National Arena League released its 2024 schedule, and flag football is now officially part of the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. But I'm not here all by myself. Across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. Boy, oh boy, how the mighty have fallen and how the mainstream media started talking <laughs> about our Detroit Lions. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. Uh, well, they're, you know, they're tied uh, with, the, what, four or five other teams for the best record in the NFL, 5-1. Yeah, and one. There's five teams that are 5-1, and one, Detroit being amongst them. Uh, yeah, I could see maybe one of those two undefeated teams losing, but not both of them in the same weekend. In the weekend. same day, yeah. <laughs> none of it, If you watch our picks videos, the, who saw that coming? Aaron, <laughs> Obviously not us. <laughs> well, Aaron was close to actually picking the Eagles upset. Yeah. We have it on video. He even texted us after that game and yep. said, I knew I made a mistake not picking the Jets. So... I mean, it's the NFL. It's a week-to-week league. Like, right. anybody could fall. And it's not like the 49ers were so bad that they couldn't have won. I mean, right. unfortunately for our good friend uh, Jake Moody, <laughs> uh, who we wanted in Detroit. Yeah, our close personal friend. Close Jake. personal friend, Jake yeah. Moody. Uh, well, we'll just say he's a friend of a friend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Missed field goal. I mean, he barely goal, missed that. I mean, barely, it's not like and, it was and it's And it's not like, wide. yeah, I mean, he makes it. The Niners are undefeated, and everybody's right. still talking about how great right. they are. And they overcame a great defense. Yep. That's just how the NFL is. And like the, even that Lions game we'll talk about in a little bit, that could have easily swung in the, in the other direction. I mean, I yeah. talked about it with Kyle on our uh, Just Lying Around show, but you know, without further ado, you know, I know it's a lot of Lions talk off the top. Get used to it. The season keeps we're going excited. We're like excited. this, but uh, yeah, maybe we should uh, keep it moving. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Susan. Keep it moving. <laughs> I don't even want to ask what that was all about. Uh, we come to you each week from the fabulous World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. We also want to keep an eye on where our listeners are, and for the last week or so, we've been asking folks to let us know what country, city, or state you're in, uh, we've heard from people in Australia, England, Japan, and Canada. And last week, we also heard from Stephen, who says he's he's listening to us in Sacramento, California. So thank you, Stephen, for letting us know that uh, you're out there. We've known you're out there. I've seen your name a few times, but uh, it's nice to know where these folks are at. So We appreciate you listening. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to keep this going for a few more weeks, see uh, who wants to respond. and uh, He'll stop at the at. moment people stop talking to him. So yeah. give him acknowledgement, everybody. That's what he lives <laughs> off of. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. We also have timestamps down in the descriptions of both the podcast and the YouTube video, so you can go right to the topics you really want to listen to. You can also find our podcast in its full audio form on our YouTube channel with the handle at the World of Football as well as other selected videos like our Just Lying Around podcast, uh, a Detroit Lions podcast featuring Kyle and Adam. Uh, this week was the uh, week six review of the Buccaneers game. Yep. And uh, no uh, no shenanigans from Kyle this week, just Un- straight up. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> no Kyle shenanigans. Um, 
I mean, the calm was always, you know, calm before the storm. Right, right. So we'll Love see. Is always next week. We'll see. If they win another one, he might just absolutely lose his stick in mind. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, we also have our weekly picks coming up, which we're going to be recording later on tonight with Aaron. Yeah, and that'll be up sometime Wednesday. Yep. And then we have also, you did an interview this week. Yes, I did. Uh, and I have been slowly editing that the last night. Uh, I'll have to do a little more tonight and... Maybe by the weekend we'll have it out there for people. Uh, can you tell us who it was you talked to? Yes, I spoke with author Greg Fasseri, who's written a book called Gridiron Legacy, Pro Football's Missing Origin Story. And that'll be up as a YouTube video. We had a nice little conversation for about a half an hour, and uh, he told me all about uh, the book that he's written. And it uh, uh, sounds like a real fascinating story. So uh, uh, look for that in the next few days when Adam gets around to it. Hey, like I said, I, I got about a third of the way through it yesterday, all well, mostly edited. Um, I'm at least kind of going through the interview right now, doing the, the cuts back and forth. Uh-huh. So it, it'll be a fine product. Just give me a few you days. You just don't want to see me on the screen for the whole 30 minutes. You want well, it's not about in. you, is it? <laughs> Sometimes. All right. So let's begin today's show with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It was week six in the National Football League. And uh, boy, so much craziness this week. There's always something crazy happening in the NFL. And this week is no different. But it started Thursday night and saw the Kansas City Chiefs take care of the Denver Broncos, 19-8. I am almost there to, to call the Broncos what I've already called the Giants, which is put a fork in them, they're done. There's still something about this Bronco team where I think maybe they could still get it turned around. They'll win a few games. They still have a decent enough defense. I mean, you hold Kansas City to 19 points. That's nothing to slouch on. But what is up with Russell Wilson? Is he? he he's I just a shadow know. of his former self. Yeah. Sean Payton, I think, is still a great coach, but he has just inherited a mess there in Denver. Right, yeah. And um, so I don't know if they're going to be able to right that ship this season or not. We'll have to keep an eye on it. And if you're Kansas City... A win's a win's a win. Sure. It doesn't matter how you win uh, as long as you get the W. And the Chiefs are 5-1, and one, and all they do is win, yep. except against the Lions. Um, <laughs> I'm just yeah, we're moving on. Uh, then we had another London game, the final London game of the 2023 season, as the Baltimore Ravens took care of the Tennessee Titans 24-6. to Now, this game, uh, the score's a lot closer than what it felt like. For the first half, the Ravens seemed like they were in control. I don't know if you got up early to watch it. I did. I got up early. I made myself some steak and eggs and uh, watched the game in, in the wee hours of the morning here on the East Coast. No of the bangers and mash. No bangers and mash. No biscuits and gravies you like to do. Yeah, I know. That's getting easy, up there for that's those. Thing to do. But I thought the Titans, you know, came back. They looked pretty good. Derrick Henry got a, a great touchdown there in the second half and almost made it a game, but the Ravens held on and advanced, you know, to four and two, and that's who the Lions will play this week. Yeah, I did not watch any of that game. No, it was it was all right. Like uh Lamar didn't run as much as you thought, but there were a couple series where they get down to the end zone and they just relied on him to kind of make some plays with his feet. And he still got it. Lamar is a dangerous quarterback. Oh, he, yeah. He's still you know, as long as he's not getting hurt, that dude is a dangerous man. Yeah. All right. Uh the Washington Commanders got a twenty four sixteen win over the Atlanta Falcons. And I watched this game. The Chicago Bears fell to the Minnesota Vikings 19-13. to uh, What an ugly game. This was just one of the absolute hardest games I've ever had to watch. I watched a little bit of it, not too much at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, Justin Fields getting hurt, um, the backup rookie quarterback coming in. He looked okay at times, but still made a couple mistakes. He had one heck of a throw where he was, like, throwing it across his body way across the field, and a receiver still somehow managed to come back and get it. I thought he was just heaving it out of bounds. Mm. But the guy made a great catch, and 
almost kept the drive alive. It was like not for a first down, but then I think they got the first down, and then they turned the ball over. But yeah, so two bad teams at the bottom of the NFC North there playing against each other. I, I'm not scared of either of those teams after watching them on that, that Sunday. Again, the Vikings, though, they get a win. It's a one-score game. They had the 11 last year. Now this year, I think they're 2-4 and four in one-score games. And so they're 2-4 and four on the season. I think all their games have been by one score. Hmm. So they, the Vikings are still playing close games. Right. Uh, but they, you know, not coming out on top of all of them like they did last year. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, have they turned a corner? They beat the Seahawks 17-13 to in uh, Cincinnati. Uh, I didn't catch any highlights from this, but, I mean, Joe Burrow sounds like he's kind of back to full strength, so yeah, watch I, out for the Bengals. I saw a couple of highlights. Um, yeah, Burrow looked like he's getting better. You yeah. know, it, early in the season, he couldn't do anything. Well, yeah, he was he was still dealing with that, with a calf injury right. or hamstring right. or whatever. But he's, so, he's playing better. If he's fully healthy, watch out. Yeah, I don't they, know if he's 100%, but And I don't know if this better. Bengal team is, you know, going to be what they've looked like the last couple of years. Right. So they're a team to keep an eye on. I'm not ready to say they turn the corner uh, and watch out for them, but I'm at least saying let's not doubt them yet. Right. But the Seahawks, surprised they only got 13 points in that game. The Seahawks, I thought, were one of the better teams in the league. Uh, then the San Francisco 49ers dropped their first game of the season to the Cleveland Browns, 19-17. Uh, to We mentioned it earlier, Jake Moody missed a 41-yard field goal as time expired to give the Browns the win. Uh Cleveland's defense is legit. I wondered if they would give San Francisco some fits, but San Francisco lost McCaffrey. They lost Debo Samuel during the game. Mm. A lot of pressure on Brock Purdy, you know, to kind of make something happen. And it sounds like despite them losing, he still got the team down the field in position to kick the field goal. Right. So Purdy, I think a lot of people are seeing that he's not – I won't say he's not a great quarterback. I think he's still a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's – you know, top 10 quarterback, but he's working in that system and he's got great weapons. And once those weapons went down, it's clear that that's not the same team, but he's still a solid guy under center. Right. Uh, and I don't want to dog the kid. I mean, he's been playing pretty great. It was his first regular season loss uh, yeah. as, as starting quarterback of the 49ers. So he's got that going for him. I guess. And we'll see what if, if they are without Samuel and without uh, McCaffrey, how much that'll affect them in the coming weeks. Uh, how about this? The Houston Texans getting a 20-13 to win over the New Orleans Saints with rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, who continues to look like the best quarterback prospect out of that draft class. Hmm. Uh, and against a Saints defense, which is also a pretty good defense in the league. And uh, Derek Carr, I don't know if something's up with him. And I thought that Saints offense would be a little bit more explosive, but to only get 13 points. Hmm. I didn't see much from this game, but just a little surprising there from them. Hmm. Uh, in the Gardner Minshew Bowl, the Jaguars uh, proved they made the right decision with <laughs> continuing to go with Trevor Lawrence, thirty-seven to twenty over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think uh, Lawrence got hurt actually during the game. I'm not sure what his status is, hmm. um, or if it's just like a little nick up. But he was on the injury report at the end of that game. Hmm. Uh, then the Miami Dolphins uh, were down fourteen to nothing at one point to the winless Carolina Panthers. And as uh, good teams do, they came back, clawed back, and got the 42-21 victory over the Panthers. In the blink of an eye, it seemed like. The the Dolphins can just score points almost, it seems, at will. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to say that I think the Dolphins are a good team. They've been hanging up a lot of points, creating a lot of records. But I don't know if they're the team everybody thinks they are. They put up a lot of points against bad defenses. Mm. Uh, once they play legit defenses, I wonder if that's going to be stifled a little bit. But, again, the Dolphins are a fun team to watch regardless. 
Uh, the Raiders got a victory over the New England Patriots, 21-17 out there in Las Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo went down during that game. Yeah, that's not haven't heard status on how he's doing. Everybody's beating up on New England right now, so it's, yeah. that's not a... And New England at 1-5, and five, now there's all the will-they-fire-Belichick talk. It's, ooh, it's getting ugly. I don't think they'll fire him. I think he's earned the right to, you know, stay on if he wants to, but... I mean, after three seasons of not being able to, you know, kind of get the shit back together, I mean... I don't know. I think they haven't made the playoffs since Brady left. Like, it's... I don't know. Uh... I mean, I can't feel too bad for New England or their fans because you guys got the 20 years of being practically the best franchise in the well, it'd, sport. It'd be as uh, as ridiculous as somebody firing Tom Landry when they when they uh, took over the team. Or somebody getting rid of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what idiot would do that? Really? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. So I, I think Belichick's uh, job is safe. You think? I, I think just so. I don't know. I think after Brady's gone and he can't you know win without Brady, I just... Feel like you got to move on. I mean, we've seen teams with like what was it? Uh, after the Eagles won that Super Bowl with Doug uh, Doug Peterson as their head coach, they moved on from him like a year or two after that. Like, you win a Super Bowl doesn't guarantee. I mean, yeah, sure you win six of them. I think he's had a big leash, but I think the last few years has proven that without Tom Brady there, he's at a loss. Either that, and I think he's made some weird personnel decisions. I I don't. Yes, I think he's made too. a lot of weird decisions on his staff and with player personnel. And I don't know if it's true. Did they draft two kickers in the last draft? I don't know. I, I heard Colin. I, I think Colin Coward. I don't know if he was just making a joke. He said they drafted three guards, or I think it was like three linemen and two kickers. And he's like, "Why are what's going on?" And I don't know if that's true or not. I meant to go look it up to see did they actually draft two kickers or is it just a, you know, just a joke? But well, the only thing bad I can say about Belichick is he brought back Matt Patricia after he left the Lions and. He, Matt Patricia is still there with him, so no, he's not. Matt, Patricia's with um, the Eagles. Is he? Yeah, he's with the Eagles because there was a story about Darius Slay, because him and Slay obviously had their hmm. issues in Detroit. So yeah, he's with Philadelphia now. Oh, okay. Way to keep up, Randy. <laughs> Speaking of keeping up, uh, now it's time to keep up with our beloved Detroit Lions, as it's time for our weekly segment that we like to call. Suck on those eggs, Tampa Bay, as the Detroit Lions defeated the Buccaneers 20-6 to in a game that, hey, as a Lions fan, I will openly admit, could have easily gone the other way because yeah. Baker Mayfield had a chance to throw a 90-yard touchdown pass that got deflected and intercepted. Yep. We all saw it. Mike Evans was wide open with nothing but green grass. Had that pass been completed, he'd have been gone. Yep. I admit that. There were two other passes he threw that were if that receiver who was running down the field would have got him in the tippy tips of his fingers he probably would have ran for a touchdown as well. That's at least two other touchdowns he probably missed. So there would have been three touchdowns there for the Bucs that they just didn't get. Yeah, both of the defenses were playing so well that Great they defense. stymied the, each other's offense uh, to no end. I, I mean, called Detroit it a boxing could, match. Detroit couldn't do anything in the beginning, and, and Tampa Bay couldn't do anything in the beginning. It was Tampa Bay looked great in those old uh, cream sticker Great uniforms. uniforms. I love those. Love those. They just can't win in them. Well, that's, that's I think they talked about that on Good Morning Football. They said in the sense... They brought the uniforms back after 96, I think, when they switched to the current uniforms in 97, whenever they did that. Uh, they brought them back in, like, 2009 as throwbacks. And since then, when they've busted them out, they were 1-4. Yeah, they said they haven't worn them since 2012, I think, yeah. was the last time they, they wore one. But even then, like, it's one still look, It's still a good look. I, it's a good look. And I like that they decked the whole stadium out. I like that they did the field up. It looked great. I even went to play Madden, and I had the Buccaneers wearing that, and I had them playing the Lions. I don't know if I could change the field or not. 
I wanted to, but it was still like the normal Tampa Bay field with the red flag. But the graphic on the screen still showed their old logo. Yeah, why that's that's a have, Fox thing. Yeah, I, why couldn't they have? Because they're too lazy. They're like, I right, we aren't going to insert that. Jeez. Unlike the world of football's weekly NFL picks, where I try to find out and make sure that if they're wearing a retro logo, I'm going to try to put it on the screen if I remember. Yeah, it's all about you, son, isn't it? Like, I didn't realize, and we'll talk about it in a second, I didn't realize the Cowboys were wearing their alternate helmets this week. Uh, I noticed that last night. At the, Which the, is like, I actually like the, the white silver, helmet. Yeah. I like that white helmet. Yeah, we'll talk about them in a second. But we're talking about the Detroit Lions. Oh, we, yeah. It was a boxing It was a boxing match. Yes, it, was. it was two teams at first, those defenses feeling each other out, those offenses not sure what they were trying to do. Missed opportunities kind of on both teams at first. Like, Detroit couldn't get much going. Baker couldn't complete any passes. And then the floodgates opened up when Detroit got that uh, Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown. Where Thanks to Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds coming through and giving a heck of a block. <laughs> Man, I love watching that replay. It's he, been great. He came out of nowhere. I mean, he was he was behind uh, Amon Ra when he caught the ball, and he raced ahead of him. And not, not just blocked one guy, but he got in the way of three guys on that play. Yeah, but he had that one big hit that really opened up the sideline for Amon yep. Ra to just tiptoe his way to the end. Yep. Great highlight. And, of course, the Lions' other touchdown, the the 45-yard bomb to Jamison Williams, where he's, like, looking. Which way am I looking? Where's the ball where is falling? It? Is, it over, is it over here? Is it over there? Yeah, nope, I got it. And he just. I thought he didn't know. He didn't have a clue where it was, and he wasn't going to catch it. And all of a sudden, boom, it's right in his hand. Yeah, it was heck of heck of effort by him. Great play. Jared Goff just putting it in a spot that, yeah, maybe a defender could have got it. But that defender was so scared, he's like, oh, no, I have to catch up to this guy. He's probably not even thinking about looking back for the ball. I don't think he was looking for the ball. He, he was wasn't. strictly playing uh, I was watching. I was watching some, you know, the Talking Heads shows, and I think it was the Undisputed with Skip Bayless had um, Michael Irvin, and he had uh, Richard Sherman. And Richard Sherman, former defensive back, because, t- like, Skip Bayless was like, well, why didn't the Tampa Bay player just turn around and look for the ball? And Richard Sherman's trying to explain, look, that you're in panic mode at that point. You see Jamison Williams fly by you, and you're just trying to catch up to not, you know, you're just looking at his hands. Like, you're looking to where you could, like, stop him from getting the ball right there. But Jamison did do that thing where he looked one way, looked the other. I don't know if that threw the player off for just a fraction of a second. And then he caught it because he, he did get a hand on it a little bit, but Jamison was able to pull it into his body. Right, yeah. I mean, a heck of a play. But, yeah, in that second, if you turned around to look for that ball, even if he would have done that, he, he probably would have lost a step. I mean, your, your brain's trying to recognize where this ball is. I'm sure that... A lot of stuff happens, you know, on a football field in milliseconds. So right. I, I don't know if that would have worked, but it was just fascinating to hear Richard Sherman explain why just simply turning around and looking for the ball isn't going to work when you're in panic mode and you're tracking down one of the fastest receivers in the league. Yeah. Uh, but heck of a play and heck of a win for Detroit, who you're going to hear, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, we're Lions fans. So we're going to take a second to talk about our beloved Detroit Lions. <laughs> but it is nice to see a little bit of national attention. Chris Sims on Pro Football, or what is it, uh, Sunday Night in America, whatever that show is before the third or the right. Sunday night game, saying on national television in front of millions of people, the Detroit Lions are Super Bowl contenders. Never in my life have I heard those words uttered. No. Uh, except in our wildest fantasies right. and uh, occasionally in fever dreams. <laughs> but I, I just, I mean. We don't know how to handle this. It's, we don't know how to handle the the attention, the, the positive comments. Normally, you know, Detroit is totally ignored by all the national media because they're they're an afterthought. They're just there to let, make somebody else look good. If it, on the if it weren't for 
the two unbeaten teams going down, Detroit may have been top story because it's the fourth week in a row they've won by double, you know, two touchdowns. I, I wonder if that would have been a, a lead story. The Lions did what they needed to do, but you had two other teams. Yeah, the big teams went down. It's starting to get to that point where the Lions could be the headline soon if they keep winning. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you one question real quick, and we'll move on because we yeah. spend a lot of time talking. Yeah, about half the Lions. show is uh, Lions talking. Yes, today. I mean that's why we have just lying around. Check it out on your local podcast uh, feeds or um, in, in uh, the YouTube channel. But uh, I digress. Um, do you still find yourself fighting the old lion stigma? Like, how are we going to screw this up? Or I, it's, a little it, bit. It's I still am there too. Yeah, like I'm with you, but I haven't really felt it as bad as the Green Bay game when they started coming back. That thing in the pit of my stomach that said, "Oh no, here we go again." But the Lions have been able to kind of keep that at bay. And there was a little bit of that maybe at the beginning of the Tampa game because it was just so tight of a game that it was like, I don't know which way this game's going to go. And once Detroit started to score and kind of hold their own, I, I felt more comfortable. And it's a weird feeling for me as a Lions fan to be like, they got this. To sit there and have that much confidence in my team to go, I am not worried about them right now blowing a 14-point lead. I'm not worried about them letting up a couple of big plays. Like, they, yeah, the Buccaneers had like a couple of 20-yard passes and a couple of points. I was never like, we screwed up. We're done. We're cooked. Yeah, It's weird. Yeah, it's the way I'm looking at it is yes, I'm still afraid that the other shoe is going to drop sometime. But at the same time, I feel like this team legitimately can win just about any game. They they're going to be in every game. Yeah. And that's something that we didn't have before. There were games when we knew they they didn't have a chance against this yeah. team. They're they're going to lose so bad. Uh but I legitimately think that this year with this team and this coach, they are going to be in every game right to the end. And they may, lo- they may lose a few here yeah. and there, but the only game that they've lost so far was an overtime game where they didn't touch the ball in overtime. That's what, that's that's what I keep saying. To, they that's are, hard to believe. They are a coin flip away from right. being a 6-0 and football team. Right. I literally think if... Because that Seattle team was so good. Detroit was still good, but whoever got the ball in overtime, it just seemed like that was the team that was going to win. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing with the way NFL overtime is. Yeah. Yeah, had Detroit gotten the ball, I, I think they would have matched matched them score by score, you know, score for score in overtime. Um, so who knows what would have happened? But they never got that chance. Which is hey, that's the way the rule is. The way the rule they lost is. the game, and that, but they were they were in it. Yep. But and, they, and, they, they yeah they came from behind to tie it up to send it to overtime, and then they didn't get the yeah. the ball in overtime at all. So uh, just one of those things. Yeah, it, we know that there'll probably be some even that Baltimore game this weekend. I'm really nervous about. It's kind of how I felt about Tampa. Like, I think they have a good team. I, I think Detroit can win, but I am like, it will not shock me if they lose. And I don't know if I would be too upset if they lose because they're playing a good Baltimore team. They're playing a good Tampa team. So I, I don't know. We're not used to this. No, absolutely not. So, we'll um, new territory. Yep. All right. So, okay. Well, next game. The next game. We're getting there. Sorry. My phone, my phone went black and now I got to reopen uh, the scores. All right, the Los Angeles Rams got a 26-9 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. And in a video by Kelly Stafford after the game, something happened with their car, and Matthew Stafford and her were, like, trying to fix their car. Hmm. I don't know if a battery died or something. It was just funny. Like, he, you see him and her her holding her phone videotaping him looking under the seat for a battery. I don't, I don't know. But it was, I hope they're all right. I hope they got home okay. But you'd think that for as much money as Stafford makes, 
they could afford a car that wouldn't yeah. die out of or a good triple a uh, uh membership yeah or somebody to valet them home all right and the other big game of the weekend the new york jets how about this got their first ever win against the philadelphia eagles in franchise history 20 to 14 we caught the tail end of this game that Jets defense is legit. I like this Jets defense. I've liked them since Hard Knocks. But that offense was what was questionable. And the Philadelphia Eagles just, just didn't seem to have it all there. They were up 14 to nothing, I want to say. And they let the Jets come back and win. Uh, and Jalen Hurts making some very uncharacteristic mistakes that led to Jets points. Uh, but I couldn't believe it when they said they'd never beaten Philly ever. Ever franchise history. I think they played twelve times in their franchise history, and twelve times. Oh, I, I, I want to say that's what they said on okay. the broadcast. I, I, but still, I mean, you would think that a team that's you know the Jets have been around since uh, nineteen sixty when they were the New York Titans, uh, but still, never ever. Have, I I've never heard that before. You know, in all the years past, I've never heard the fact that Philadelphia's never beat. Maybe they've never beaten them on the road. You know, maybe they've never beaten them at home, but never beaten them ever anywhere. That is just, uh, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I was it, so dumbfounded when I heard that. I'm like, you're, you're kidding me. They've never, ever beaten this team. I know. It's absolutely crazy to, to think about that. You've never beat another franchise. It's, right. For as long as these teams have been in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, I just. You're trying to look up how many I'm times. I'm like trying to pull up uh, pro football reference right now. How many times they've played each other. Yeah. Uh, because I just. How how far back? Like when was their first matchup against each other and all that? Uh, but yeah, I I don't have the time yeah, right well, now to do whatever. it. But I mean, still, heck of a win by the Jets. I like their head coach. I like everything about their team except for their quarterback that's injured that still is getting headlines. Yeah. Um, and apparently he was on Pat McAfee again talking about Dan Campbell and made me he mad. just won't go away. He won't go away. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm yes. sorry. I even messaged uh, my buddy who's a Jets fan. Um. And, you know, because they were at that point, they were like trying to win the game. And I was texted, like, come on, Jets. And they won the game. And I said, I like a lot of stuff about your team. I just don't like Aaron Rodgers. I will <laughs> Never pull, have. <laughs> I will pull for the Jets. But if Aaron Rodgers is involved, I'm sorry. No. Nah. They're dead to us. Then now they'll be dead. <laughs> I'm hoping Zach Wilson turns it around. I think he's starting to piece some stuff together. And the Jets might actually win a few more games than we kind of thought after Aaron Rodgers went down. I don't know if they'll get into the playoffs or not. Maybe they could squeak in. I don't know. That division's going to be tough. They still, you know, you got a Miami and a Buffalo ahead of you. Right. The Patriots, you can almost count out at this point. But again, the Lions were one in six last year and made a heck of a run at the end of the year. Didn't make it to the playoffs. So I'm going to keep that in mind with a lot of these one in six teams. Yeah. Speaking of which, the one in five New York Giants almost beat the Buffalo Bills, uh, but the Bills got the 14-9 win. Was that pass interference at the end of the game for uh, against the Giants? Yes or no? I didn't even see it. You didn't see the play. I don't. Uh, I don't tight end, tight end Darren Waller in the back of the end zone. No time left, and he had a guy kind of look like kind of looked like that play from the Lions Cowboys playoff game where the guy was kind of face guarding him. Mm. Well, he did. He had an extra hand on the guy's jersey. Mm. Waller's going up for it, and they don't call it. I mean, I get being physical and like letting guys play. But at a crucial moment of the game, I feel like that should have been called. I really believe that the NFL should uh, institute a rule where you can uh, challenge anything, like yeah. the CFL does. They, I mean, if you, if you, they just need a better system. If you seriously think that there was pass interference on a very, very crucial play, I mean... On national television. Yes, on a play that could change the outcome of the game, 
Yes, you should be able to challenge that and say, I think there was pass interference. Even with no play. time lapse. I mean, please the, take a look at it. If I'm wrong, fine. If not, we want well, the ball it's, back. Well, I think it's more, uh, I think what they need to do, and it needs to be this way across that. I think maybe, we, yeah, do what the CFL does. Get rid of two challenges per team. Give them one challenge per half. Mm. So, you, so I guess that's still technically two challenges, but maybe you only get one per half. Uh, but I think they do need a more like XFL style review system an expedited review how, how many times have you heard that lately oh this was an expedited review by the booth so we have a quick that's what answer. we talked about why can't you do that on all the plays right and it should have it should count i know they had problems with the pass interference one a couple of years ago when they made that a rule and they oh it didn't work get rid of it yeah because the officials wanted it to fail but i i do think that the nfl has to have a command center and they do have one they just need to be a lot more involved they need to be see okay Zero seconds on the clock. Was that pass interference? We are going to answer that question right now, unbiasedly. And you you go through the steps. Okay. Yep. He's he's grabbing the guy's jersey. Uh, the other player wasn't. You know, I don't know he was kind of not defenseless, but I think there's a way that you get that room of guys or gals, whoever in the league, make that call. The command center should have the ability to stop a game and say, "We want to look at this play." This is too important of a play. Uh, there's a little bit of a controversy here. Well, we want to look at it from a different angle before we proceed. Th- that's all they. That's all they need. It's 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 like the the NFL is like you you're willing to do all this other stuff, but you're not willing to enhance and make to sure get the game right. To get the game right, you're doing like everything but trying to make the game right. I get it. Your officials aren't going to always make the right call. That's why you're going to need. Right. You have you have your command center right fast. there. It's too fast. The yes. game's too fast. The officials are getting too old uh, to see everything, and even the best officials are not going to catch everything. That's why you've got the yeah. eye in the sky, the the command center, the the uh, the refs in the booth, you know, to look at these things because it's way too fast. It just there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. All right, Buffalo gets the fourteen nine win, and finally Monday night football. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys got the 2017 win over the Chargers. I was not impressed by either team. No, they both looked uh, kind of bad. But I feel bad for the Super Chargers fan that was making all the... I saw her. They, I saw her when they showed her for the first time live on TV. Yeah. I'm like, who is it? Is she some celebrity or something? But they just picked her out of the crowd. Yeah, I think she was in a, a luxury box or something. Maybe. So I don't know if she was somebody's but wife. She was... I haven't seen a name, but but she's a meme now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's all over the place. Yeah. You know, screaming, crying, like. Did, did you see the one uh, where they they showed her, and then they did the old SpongeBob a few minutes later? I have not seen that one, but <laughs> it shows her crying. I did see like the range of emotions of being a Chargers fan. I saw the meme of still a bigger football fan than Taylor Swift. Mm. Uh, I saw all I saw all the memes. <laughs> but all right, that's it for the NFL scoreboard. Uh, the Steelers Packers on by this week. Yeah, what are we at? About 45 minutes uh, right we now? We are 31 minutes in, and we're now going to move on to the Canadian Football League. Sorry to keep you waiting, Canada. Um, all right, our first game we're going to talk about Friday night saw the British Columbia Lions defeat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33 to 30. How about that? Yeah. Uh, British Columbia quarterback Vernon Adams completed 21 passes for 200, 296 yards. And two touchdowns, while wide receiver Alexander Hollins had seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. 
Hamilton quarterback Matthew Schultz and Bo Levi Mitchell combined to complete 27 passes for 315 yards and three touchdowns. Wide receiver Tim White had seven catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns for the Ticats. I admit, I did not see any of the games this weekend. Uh, I normally go through the, the highlight package and watch those, but I didn't even get around to do that this weekend. So I'm I'm not sure why Matthew Schultz and Bo Levi Mitchell uh, had to split their time. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe Matthew Schultz might have gotten injured, and that's why Bo Levi Mitchell came in. I, I'm not sure, and I apologize for not knowing that fact, but... Um, yeah, I just I just didn't get around to it this week. Really, the only drama to me in the ZFL right now is who's going to get that last uh, playoff spot. Yeah, last... that's what we're waiting for. Yeah. Um, and uh, it got yeah. a little closer this week, got but a little still closer, no resolution. But, yeah. All right. Then uh, Saturday, the Montreal Alouettes defeated the Edmonton Elks thirty-five to twenty-one. Uh, Cody Fajardo, Montreal's quarterback, completed 23 passes for 258 yards and a touchdown, while kicker Jose Carlos Maltos <laughs> made five field goals. Say that five times fast. Edmonton quarterback Trey Ford, our favorite player in the CFL right now, after Chad Kelly, mind you, uh, had 21 passes for 216 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for 47 yards. Wide receiver for uh, Edmonton, <clears throat> Kieran Moore, or Kyron Moore had five catches for 44 yards and two touchdowns. You passed over the other Friday night game, Calgary and... Oh, whoops. Okay, yeah, I was scrolling down and I saw Friday and kept thinking <laughs> of the last one. Uh, jumping back to Friday, the Calgary Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the two teams fighting for that final playoff yes. spot. Uh, maybe I was doing that for drama. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that was subconscious. Uh, the Stampeders got the 26-19 to victory. Calgary quarterback Jake Mayer completed 17 passes for 184 yards and a touchdown. Saskatchewan quarterback Jake Dolagala completed 23 passes for 272 yards, no touchdowns. Running back Jamal Morrow ran the ball for 86 yards and a touchdown, while wide receiver Sean Bain had 103 receiving yards for the Rough Riders. And we'll talk about the standings in a second. But yeah, we've still got another game to go here. But yeah. I know, but, we'll, but they're, the, they're the two teams fighting out right, for right. that final playoff spot. Calgary so, helped, their, helped their situation. Yes, they did. And like I said, we'll get to the standings here in a moment. we got to finish by talking about the defending Grey Cup champion Toronto Argonauts defeating the Ottawa Red Blacks 40-27. Take it easy, champ. Save it for the playoffs. <laughs> Toronto quarterback Chad Kelly completed 18 passes for 287 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Devarius Daniels had six catches for 141 yards and a touchdown, while Ottawa quarterback Dustin Crum completed 13 passes for 183 yards and a touchdown. Running back Devontae Williams had 125 yards rushing and a touchdown for the Red Blacks as well. And the Winnipeg Blue Bomber, blah, 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 <laughs> Winnipeg Blue Bombers, on a bye this week. All right, and before my throat goes dry, we're going to talk about the CFL standings real quick. In the East, no seed changes as we get ready for the playoffs. It'll be the Toronto Argonauts at the first seed in the East with a 14-2 and record, followed by the 10-7 and Montreal Alouettes, who clinched the playoff spot in, I believe, the home home playoff game. I'm not sure about that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that's not official. But then in third, you have the Hamilton Tiger Cats at 8-9. and Fourth place, out of the playoffs, Ottawa Red Blacks, 4-13. and Where it gets interesting is over in the West, the Blue Bombers, after a bye, still 12-4. and the British Columbia Lions did clinch a home playoff game. They are at 12-5, and five, so it'll still come down to them and the Blue Bombers to who will get the number one seed, so there's that playoff drama coming up. And then the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, despite losing, are in the third spot right now with a 6-11 and 11 record, followed by the Calgary Stampeders, who improved their odds with a 5-11 and 11 record now. And then the Edmonton Elks out of the playoffs with a 4-13 and 13 record. So we shall see how the CFL 
shapes up here with only a couple weeks left. Yeah, just two weeks two left weeks in the regular left. season. Yep. All right, we're going to move on to some FBS college scores. This was week seven in college football. It was number one Georgia improving to 7-0, and defeating Vanderbilt 37-20. to It was number two Michigan improving to 7-0, and with their win over Indiana 52-7. to And for you eagle-eyed viewers out there, if you would have watched that Indiana sideline and seen a a very handsome gentleman holding up a white sign behind the uh, the coaches on the sideline there for Indiana, where they I think they hold up the signs for the players oh, to yeah. look at. Somebody holds a white sign behind that so that they can see. Uh, that handsome young devil happens to be a, our family member. Uh, Nathan looked good Nathan, out there, kid. Yeah. I saw you on the TV. Yeah, I was I, watching that Michigan game. I I knew that my brother Bob, his his grandfather, was uh, watching the game, and and I asked if if he'd seen him because I I caught the game late. And I asked him, you know, texted him and said, have you seen him on the sidelines? And he sends me a video of him and a, and a picture. Yeah. So, yep, he's he's getting himself on TV. So yeah. way to go, Nathan. Handsome right, devil, that Right dude. place, right time. Yep. Okay, uh, where was I? Number uh, three. Number three, Ohio State improved to 6-0 and with a win over Purdue, 41-7. to Number four, Florida State at 6-0 and over Syracuse, 41-3. to it was number six Penn State improving to six six and zero oh with a shutout of Massachusetts sixty three to nothing. Number twenty one Notre Dame upset number ten USC forty eight to twenty. Pittsburgh upset number fourteen Louisville thirty eight to twenty one. Arizona upset number nineteen Washington State forty four to six. Oklahoma State upset number twenty three Kansas thirty nine to thirty two. Missouri upset number twenty four Kentucky. 38 to 21. It was Rutgers over Michigan, 27 to 24. And I'm sorry, Michigan State. Uh, yeah, Michigan State is just ever since all these scandals have been coming out, man, it, it's uh, it's really making them look bad. Uh, let's see, Stanford over Colorado, 46 to 43 in double overtime. Colorado was up 29 to nothing at halftime in this game. This was a Friday night game, and I did not see this game. You know how much I like watching Colorado, and I just. I don't know what I was doing Friday night, but I either didn't know it was on or what, but I missed this game, and it sounds like it was extremely exciting the way Stanford came out of nowhere to, to scratch their way to overtime and then win it in overtime. It's not the only thing you missed, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. It was Miami of Ohio over our Western Michigan Broncos here in Kalamazoo, 34-21. to Iowa over Wisconsin. 15 to 6, and I only included that because I wondered if that was a scoregami score. Mm. 15 to 6. And uh, San, Jose State, uh, San Jose State over New Mexico, 52 to 24. Wow. Okay, hold on. San Jose State over New Mexico made it onto the scoreboard. and the Because they scored 52 points. And the game of the weekend didn't even make the cut. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about number 7 Washington defeating number 8 Oregon. 36 to 33 and the absolute craziest, most fun college football game I have watched in a very long time. I didn't see that game. I know you didn't see this game. <laughs> Tell me about but it. But I'm still bamboozled why this wasn't even on the list. Look, well, well if a if a higher seed beats a lower seed, who cares? Uh that's that's what you're supposed to do. That's why I concentrate on the upsets. I get I get that, but you're going through you had, let's see, number one, number two, number three, number four, number well, no, no, number you, five. You do the top four because that's your playoff teams. Yes, but the, four, the top four is a given. It's not even mentioned the game of the weekend. I mean, two ranked teams going at it. I mean, Oregon was down 
going into the half. They made a, a wheelie. Neither one of them are making the playoffs, so what difference does it make? I don't know. After some of the stuff that's happened, Washington, both these teams could still make it to the playoffs. That's how good these two teams are. And despite losing, Oregon's not getting knocked down that far down the poles. These are two future Big Ten teams. They showed, oh, man, it, just, it was a great atmosphere. The, the Washington Huskies play a really tough game. But Oregon also hung in there. Oregon did some great stuff. It was just a great game to watch. Big plays both sides of the ball for both teams. It was unbelievable. It was just, it's been a while since I sat down and watched a college football game. It was just that enthralled. And it wasn't like a, 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 55, a 52 to 7 drubbing of Indiana by Michigan, like, which I also watched. I mean, yeah, it's fun because I'm from Michigan. I'm not a Michigan University fan, but I will root for all the Michigan colleges. Sure, sure, yeah. um, and I was just like, dang, this ain't, I mean, it's fun to an extent because I'm like, oh, wow, look at the home, home state team, you know. Beating up on this other team. This is fun. Uh, but then to watch the Oregon game, unbelievable. Just okay. Absolutely a great game. If nobody caught that or any of the highlights, what are you doing? I'm mainly talking to Randy. Great highlights. Go check them out. I'm too so busy looking at scores was, from every level of football in the country. But if you are a fan, you know, there was NFL talent across that field. Mm. I watched, I think both those quarterbacks are both talented. I'm not saying they're, they're like day one. But those are guys I'd be like, watch out for them in like the second, third round. If they, if they, I'm not sure what their standing is in college. Like, are they juniors, freshmen? I don't know. But if they you know, they had the talent, that I'd be like, I'd draft that guy third, fourth round. Shoot, I bet you he'd be a, a good prospect. And then several great receivers. I think Washington had a couple of great receivers, make some great snags. You know, Oregon's always got talent, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I don't know, it just had everything. It had drama. It had, you know, it came down to the end of the game. Like, it was just. Unbelievable. That's what you want out of college football. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Packed stadium that once they got done, all the purple fans, you know, just rush in the field. That's what Mm. you want. That's what Mm. college football is all about. That game lived up to the hype this week. Okay. Uh, Let's see. In the military academies, uh, Navy shut out UNC Charlotte 14 to nothing. Troy shut out Army 19 to nothing. And Air Force improved to 6 0 with a win over Wyoming. 34 to 27. Now, that game I did watch. Of course, I watched pretty much all of the Air Force games. I love Air Force, of course, you know, spending time in the Air Force like I did. I've always rooted for Air Force, and uh, it was fun to watch them. If Uh, anybody can hook Randy up with tickets to go see an Air Force game at the Air Force Force Academy, at the Academy, so help them out. As as a military retiree, I can stay on base somewhere. Uh, I I do believe that, yes, I looked into that. They do have a uh, um, Air Force Inns where, where I could stay. On base. Do it. <laughs> Even your mom said she would actually go to a, well, she said she'd go to the to the uh, a hotel academy, which I don't know if she'd go to the game or not, but uh, she was watching part of that game with me, and uh, it was kind of fun. So anyway, moving on uh, to the FCS level. From here on, it's just two random scores I picked out, either because I like the school name or it was a weird score, so I'm not playing favorites. I do have some favorite teams in these different levels, so I try to mention those. But anyway, at the FCS level, uh, Brown over Princeton, 28 to 27 in overtime, and Villanova shut out Elon, 21 to nothing. In Division Two, it was Cutstown over Shippensburg, 9 to 6 in overtime. Boy, I bet you that was a real barn burner for everybody who was there. Um, also in Division Two, Michigan Tech shut out Northern Michigan, 62 to nothing. In Division Three, it was Kalamazoo College over Adrian, 45 to 23. And Northern Cent- uh, North Central of Illinois over Milken, 70- 75 to 3. Hmm. 
uh, at the NAIA level. It was St. Francis of Indiana over Lawrence Tech, 56-7. And Ottawa University of Arizona shut out Arkansas Baptist College, get this, 83 to nothing. In junior college scores, it was Snow College improving to 5-2 and two with a shutout of St. George Junior College by the score of 58 to nothing. And Holmes over Itawamba, 28-26. Now we go up to Canada for some college football. U Sports up there, their version of the NCAA. It was Carleton squeaking by Waterloo, 31-30. And Montreal shut out Laval, 28-0. And finally, uh, the Canadian Junior Football League, the London Beef Eaters, defeated the Hamilton Hurricanes, 50-7. And the Saskatoon Hilltops over the Calgary Colts, 53 to two and that is it for this week's world of football scoreboard oof oh man yeah we spent a lot of time on games this week well that's all the time we got for this week yeah i mean i mean the, the news is very short so we're gonna fly through the news here <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh yeah what up with what that, up with that? I saw well we out of time yeah nfl news i hate that you think you're that funny in uh nfl news well this isn't really nfl news but Flag football has officially been added to the 2028 LA Olympics, as well as cricket, lacrosse, squash, baseball, and softball. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but at the time it wasn't official. I think they voted either today or yesterday. The the inter, uh, what is it? The International Olympic Committee officially voted to include all those sports for the 2028 games. So now it is official. Uh, and my question is, who's going to make up this? Uh, flag football team for the United States to play other countries. Is it going to be NFL players? I, I've been watching some of the uh, shows like Good Morning Football and, and some of the other, you know, Pro Football Talk and all these other ones, and they're all saying that a lot of NFL, current NFL players want to be on the flag football team in the Olympics. Uh, maybe a few former NFL players. Are we going to have NFL players? They're already talking dream team, you know, like uh, with uh, Jordan in the Olympics with the uh, um, Barkley and all those other guys. Um, is it going to be college players? Are they going to get some some college players to make up these teams? Uh, are they going to go with indoor and arena players? I think the arena leagues already suggested that they might get involved in that. So who knows what's going to happen? But I I stand by what I said last week. I I don't really give a crap if this is in the Olympics or not. I think it's kind of ridiculous myself. But oh man, it's just getting all the attention. Oh, flag football is going to be in the Olympics. Who cares? I don't like. I think it's stupid. It's it's like uh, uh, what, what's that one? A BMX biking was was in the Olympics there for a while. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's these are stupid sports. Stick with the stuff that's made the Olympics uh, what it is from the days of the Greeks. Uh, you know, wrestling and uh, uh, archery, getting, and, getting mauled by bulls, or yeah, yeah, fighting the lion, the real for, real for a slab sports. Of meat. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I just I'm not a fan of flag football in the Olympics. I mean, I think flag football is is good for kids to to learn the game. It's it's like soccer, you know. Uh, all you kids played soccer when you were growing up. Um, soccer still, to me, has not really caught on in this country. It's it's uh, um, very much a, a niche. Sport, I whatever. wouldn't go that far. I I think it's definitely got a bigger stance in the country than. Uh, you know, you definitely used to. I mean, now we got Major League Soccer. Messi's coming over yeah, no. to the United States. I think it's it's big, but it's not like going to crack 
the interest beyond you know football, baseball, basketball. They've been hockey. saying that for twenty or thirty years that oh, it's it's getting it's getting big. It's still not big. It's still five. It's below the other four sports. It's probably number five. Pickleball is probably sniffing its butt. It's six. But other than that, no. Look, so are they are they going to do men and women's flag football? Because I I've, I don't know. I've heard stories of like the European women's flag football. Yeah, I is, pretty popular over there. They have a really good team apparently. They might, but I have not heard that. Now, I So, did, I'm wondering about that. I did hear, you know, when they're talking baseball and softball, they made it sound like it would be men's baseball and women's softball. Yeah. So, they got one of each. So, I don't know if they'll have men's and women's flag football teams or not. Or, you would think that they would. Or that you could do co-ed. I mean, it's flag. It's not like they're having to go out and tackle. It's right. It's right. fast. Yep. It's fast. It's it's being able to catch, uh, run, many, and avoid somebody. You know how many female athletes could probably go out there and still oh, snag yeah. a flag off of a oh, player. Yeah. So, sure. I, I mean that wouldn't shock me, but now I'm wondering if they're going to do a men's and a women's flag football. Which that would I, be my guess, but I don't. know. I would assume. I haven't heard uh, that, but we'll find out. And look, if if it were me, how how would, okay flag football look? I think it's fun to an extent, but if you're going to make it an Olympic sport, let's at least make it interesting. <laughs> let's not put Patrick Mahomes and. Tyree Kill out there, nobody's ever going to stop him. Right. It's done. Right. Tyree Kill's too fast, and Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a pass we've probably never seen before in our lives. Right. What they need to do is they, maybe just for the Americans, just because, you know, I get it, it's in America and they want to put the best athletes out there, but because it's America and we're all hoity toity and we think football is the best sport on the planet, which it is, <laughs> maybe we need to put some of the. Joe Joe Schmoes out there, the, the the dudes who think they can still go out there. Oh, yeah, I could go out there and hang a. Hang 20 points on Patrick Mahomes. I could do that. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. I sent Uncle Rico out there to throw it over them mountains. Put me those guys out there where they go to the sideline, they, they you know, down a can of Coors, and they go back out there looking like Burt Reynolds. I mean, just give me give me that. Give me something I'm just like, who are these average Joe's gym dudes? Right. Who are these Vince Vaughn-looking mother truckers coming out to play flag football against the uh, – the Ben Stiller-looking purple cobras of the other team playing flag football. And if you want to make a movie that's like a spiritual sequel to Dodgeball, here you go. This is where it's at. You got till 2028 to make a underdog movie about a flag football team going to the Olympics. Get on it before the real story happens. I did think about this. Uh, I hated it last year when they, when they had flag football in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it wasn't great. So maybe that was their way of saying, "Okay, this is going to be an Olympic sport someday." So we got to we got to get these players used to playing flag football. And here's your indoctrination. You know, I think having flag football in the Olympics is bad enough. I, I'm not a fan of it. But if you throw in, you know, some of the best players in the NFL at the time uh, to stack the deck so that you win the gold, that makes it even worse. Oh, okay. I just figured it out. Here's what you do: no NFL players, no players that have ever played football. Well, I mean, they probably play football. No professional football players. If you're an Olympic athlete, guess what? It's like a draft. You draft, uh, say, the United States, you're going to draft a different player from each sport. You're going to draft a swimmer. You're going to draft a loser. You're going to draft a basketball player. You're going to draft a, what's another sport they do in the Olympics? Probably a pickleball player. Uh, you're going to draft a... What's another sport they do on uh, the reg? Judo. A uh, track star, a judo star, and you put them all on one flag football team. You teach them the rules five minutes before the game starts, and you just have them go. That's what. And then France and uh, you know Nicaragua and all these other countries they do the exact same thing, and just let it happen. 
I don't I don't think they should let NFL. You're telling me you don't want to see Usain Bolt come out there and play flag football. You're telling me you don't want Michael Phelps to just come out in his Speedo and play flag football. I'm sure some of you want that. Maybe I don't want to see that, but there are probably people out there who would love to see that. And you have to wear it, and I think here's the other catch. You have to wear all the medals you've ever won at the Olympics while you play flag football. you got to make it interesting. Flag football, I don't, I don't know if it'll work, but at least make it kind of fun to watch. Make it a train wreck. And there's Mark Spitz of the end zone rattling his medals to let the quarterback know he's wide open. There you go. We've solved the Olympics flag football problem. Yeah, no, I don't You're think, welcome, I don't think they should let NFL players into this. It, wow. it wouldn't be fair. Uh, I think yeah, college players, you know, uh, college players would be fine, and maybe uh, you know arena. Players. I think the arena players arena is, and indoor they have players. some sort of agreement. I'd like to see where that's going because remember, uh, the arena football commissioner talked about back when we were listening to Tim Capper's uh, AFL Rewind podcast about maybe you'll see some Olympic action, and we weren't sure what he meant at the time, and now that we're here, yeah. I'm yeah, gotta connect those two dots. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not a, not a fan of flag football in the Olympics. Okay, uh, moving on, uh, some CFL news. Uh, Edmonton Elks uh, are going to be closing the upper portion of their stadium to give fans a better experience. Um, This tells me we can't sell enough tickets, and so let's bring those people from the upper deck down here so they get a better view. And I think I read somewhere that, you know, if they were to sell out the lower bowl, then they would open up the upper deck uh, seats, which makes sense, but... um, once Edmonton starts winning, I think they're going to be filling up that stadium. I'm, I'm sure they in, will too. In the years to come. So I mean, it, this Trey, is Trey Ford is just at the beginning of his career, and I think he's going to do great. This things is up there standard football team, you know, on a, in a bad era where they can't get their fans to come out. It's, well, let's save costs. We're going to shut down this section. Right. That way, we don't have to turn on the concession stand lights. We can save a few bucks that way. Right. It's a few less hot dog vendors we got to pay. You know, it's. And there's only two two games left. I don't know yeah. if Edmonton has two home games left or or if they're yeah. you know, have one out of the two. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's I don't know. We've seen. I think we've seen professional teams do that where they're like kind of section off just a couple of areas. Like, right. oh well, we're not really selling these tickets, so let's just put the cool banners over the seats. Right. Well, and, when we went to the USFL game, I think the end zones were pretty much uh, there was nobody in the end zone, so it was just people on both sides. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know if the upper decks were were open. I, I think they might have been. I don't know. But, Probably uh, certain sections. Yeah, but I know the whole lower bowl was not uh, sold out. So uh, who knows? But I just I just thought that was uh, interesting that they were making that announcement that they were going to be closing the upper upper bowl. And I just assume that's maybe just for the rest of this season. We'll see how next season goes. Maybe they'll start out that way and see how the team's going. And you know, hopefully they'll do better next year. And uh, Trey Ford will uh, set the CFL on fire um, next season. Metaphorically, please. Yeah. Uh, we do have some arena and indoor news. The National Arena League uh, released their schedule today. It's going to be a 13-week regular season beginning March 14th and ending on uh, June 9th. Uh, there was no word on the playoff uh, format or dates or you know, championship game or anything. That's They're coming probably waiting to come date. up with that on the fly. Well, <laughs> I mean, they could lose a few teams like they did last year. Why would you get your hopes yeah. up? I mean, by the time they got to the playoffs, they lost two or three of their teams. So. Could be. Who knows if another Antonio Brown is going to emerge as one of these ownership groups. But anyway, uh, they also uh, added, well, the reason they were able to put out their uh, schedule is because they finally came up with an eighth team for next year. And that was announced just yesterday. 
The Oklahoma Flying Aces are the eighth team to be added to the National Arena League. They last played in uh, Champions Indoor Football in 2021, and I knew I had heard this name somewhere. Uh, I saw the logo, you know, the airplane with like the little smiley face. So I knew uh, the team from somewhere. So yeah, they've been dormant for the last two years, but they're coming back uh, with the National Arena League this year. So you're going to have the Flying Aces, you're going to have the North Texas Bulls, the Sioux City Bandits, Omaha Beef, Carolina Cobras, Topeka Tropics, Colorado Spartans, and the Idaho Horsemen as your eight teams for the 2024 uh, National Arena League season. So uh, I wish them all luck, you know, and I'm assuming they're still going to be playing uh, with the Nets, you know, that's part of the National Arena League now. Um, so that should be a, be a good setup. A lot of these teams, you know, came from the CIF this year or, or other leagues. So, yeah, there's been a big turnover in all the different leagues. Yeah. Uh, AFL is uh, uh, absorbing some teams from other leagues and uh, – been a big switch in some of the other leagues. NAL teams jumping ship over to the Arena League and right. to the indoor football. It's right. yeah, it's been a wild summer. Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with it on uh, on some spreadsheets, you know. And as I hear about a new team, I'll I'll add that team to the next one. So I don't have them all complete yet. This I is mean, the first league that's like, all right, these are our eight teams for next year. Well, when you're ready to do that video where we talk about the teams hopping leagues, oh I mean, man, I can't we... even keep. I barely can keep track of where they are now, as opposed to where they came from to get here to this league. So, uh, we'll see. All right, uh, today's birthdays and anniversaries for uh, October 17th. Uh, we have two Hall of Famers to talk about. Uh, the first one is Coach Don Coriel, born on this date in 1924. He passed away in 2010 at the age of 85. He was an assistant coach at USC in 1960 and was head coach at San Diego State from 1961 to 1972. He was also the head coach of the St. Louis Cardinals in the NFL from 1973 to 1977 and is most famous as the head coach of the San Diego Chargers from 1978 to 1986. He was the NFL Coach of the Year in 1984 and uh, his offense was known as Air Coriel because of uh, the passing ability of Dan Fouts. Uh, what a great offense that was to watch. And he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame just this year with the class of 2023. The other Hall of Famer is Ralph Wilson Jr., the former owner of the Buffalo Bills, born on this date in 1918, and he passed away in 2014 at the age of 95. He was an original member of the Foolish Club, the eight owners that founded the AFL. He was uh, formerly a minority owner of the Detroit Lions before he became the sole owner of the Buffalo Bills. And, and for those of you listening, he means the American Football League. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I get it. We use AFL because there's the Arena Football League. But when you go back that far, right. we might have to make sure we say it's the American yes. Football League. And he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2009. All right. We have uh, two obituaries to talk about this week. Uh, this is where we take a moment and honor those who made the world of football a better place. First one is Walt Garrison, a running back in the NFL for nine seasons, has passed away at the age of 79. Garrison played college football at Oklahoma State and was selected in the fifth round of the 1966 NFL draft by the Dallas Cowboys. He was also selected in the 17th round of the 1966 American Football League draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. He signed with the Cowboys and played his entire career in Dallas from 1966 to 1974. He won Super Bowl VI as a member of the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, that is. Yeah. All right, and then our final obituary this week is that of Ron East, a defensive lineman in the NFL and the World Football League, has passed away at the age of 80. East played college football at Montana State. 
He then signed as a free agent with the Dallas Cowboys in 1967 and played for the team through 1970. He also played for the San Diego Chargers from 1971 to 1973, the Hawaiians of the World Football League in 1974, the Cleveland Browns in 1975, the Atlanta Falcons in 1976, and the Seattle Seahawks in 1977. East was inducted into the Northwest Athletic Conference Hall of Fame in 1994, and the Montana State University Hall of Fame in 1999. All right, a couple of upcoming events. Uh, Saturday, October 28th, the CFL regular season comes to an end, so we'll know uh, by then which team, either the Saskatchewan Rough Riders or Calgary Stampeders, are going to get that last playoff spot in the East, and or I'm sorry, in the West. And then uh, the other upcoming event, Monday night, October 30th, the Raiders at the Lions Monday night football game. We will be there. We will be there. All right. Anything else that we want to talk about uh, before we close the show out? Uh, as of right now, I'm not seeing any breaking news. I haven't seen anything about any uh, arena football announcements. Uh, they've usually been doing one every couple of days. Yeah, Nothing it's, it's this been, week so far. It's been quiet for the last week on the arena football. Uh, yeah, website. so uh, I'm sure that'll happen tonight as soon as yeah. I turn up the microphone yeah, yeah we're recording a little bit early today on a, on a tuesday uh, afternoon so yeah all all hell will break loose the minute we stop recording all right well that's all the time we've got for this week if you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football then we've done our job it's not just a nfl everybody uh, visit well, our- unless you're listening to this show then literally half hour spent talking well, NFL. yeah it's not all nfl but that's what we talk about the most anyway Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. Like The World of Football on Facebook. Follow us on X. The address for that is at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also find our new Instagram page. Uh, Just go search for TWOF Kalamazoo there as well. Uh, New episodes of this very podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast to hear us on whatever Alexa devices you may have. You can also find the full audio version of this show over on our YouTube channel where we post a lot of other great content and be on the lookout for some more stuff this week. Uh, If you haven't been subscribing to that, why not? Come on now. We do a lot of you know, fun stuff over there, and we love getting your interactions there. So just search for the world of football in the search bar there, or go to youtube.com slash at the world of football to find us. Uh, so please spread the word, subscribe, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment on any platform you're listening to us on, whether it's the podcast feed, YouTube, wherever, LinkedIn, uh, Yelp, uh, Grubhub, <laughs> whatever apps you got. If we're there, you can like us. Uh, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And don't forget to let us know where you're listening to us from, whether you're in another country or somewhere in the United States. We want to know where you're at. Just uh, we're not stalkers or nothing, but uh, we just curious. we just need wait, hold on. We just need the we just whatever town and whatever state or whatever country. That's fine. We don't need to know that you're on the toilet. We don't need to know that uh, you're at the library. We don't need to know you're at the grocery store or you're at a Benihana. We don't need to know. Yeah, don't tell we don't us. Have to get that don't specific. tell us your poop scrolling while you're uh, listening to our podcast. Oh. <laughs> Do I got a poop scrolling story for you? Do we got time? No, we do not. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do. Or poop scrolling. But nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than the two of us right here in Kalamazoo. Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job. Yeah, right. I'm Randy Snow. And I've been poop scrolling this entire time. You have not. You're such a liar. We'll see you all next week.